Hello everyone and welcome back to the TW2 podcast, except once again, none of us are in the TW2. Fallow week has come to an end and we're ready to ramp up once more for round three of the TikTok Women's Six Nations. And to get you all in the mood, we have brought in we've brought in the big guns from the Red Roses team. We are delighted to say we've got England front row and Saracens legend on the podcast, Hannah Bottoman is joining us for a chat live from England training camp HQ, top secret. Um, delighted to have her on and you'll be able to hear from her all about uh, her injury updates, life in England camp and all things Six Nations and just about everything else. And to, to sit down with Hannah Bottom, I'm delighted to say I'm joined as ever by Imogen Ainsworth and James Price. Imogen, how have you found Fallow Week and a lack of Six Nations rugby in your life? Um, I won't lie, I've been completely off the rugby this week. I've been focusing on cycling, but I'm looking forward to getting back to the rugby and some cycling next weekend. So yeah, nice to be back. And James Price, you opted not to rest in Fallow Week and instead you ran across Dartmoor. Have you recovered from that yet? Uh, absolutely not. In fact, I feel worse today than I did before, which is a real shame. However, it was a pretty productive Easter weekend, ultramarathon on the Friday, surfing and golf on the Saturday, and then something else on the Sunday, I don't know. Oh, I got had a big I had a big roast. So yeah, it's been pretty good. Nice. Scrum check, what did we good, all, what, what roast did we have? Oh, that's so true actually. Big scrum check. I'll start. I had in fact I'll tell you what I did, because we were dropping somebody else home. I had two roasts. I had one what? at two o'clock. It was like the Vicar of Dibley Christmas episode. I had the um, I had chicken roast chicken uh, with bread sauce and all the trimmings etc. At two, and then at about seven or eight o'clock, I had uh, beef with a lot more roast potatoes. So I probably consumed in an afternoon circa ten roast potatoes. Superb. Not bad, Imo. Um, I had, meat of choice. I had lamb that had been in the oven for like three or four hours, and you know when you just take the bone out of it and it just comes out completely clean, um, with some cauliflower cheese, potatoes, parsnips, peas, and broccoli. It was very, very nice. What did you have, Ferg? Easter Sunday. That was roast beef. Would have been roast lamb, but uh, Waitrose did a special offer on their beef. I'm expecting something to come on the lamb later this week. Um, what would have been post Easter? So. Probably some roast lamb coming later this week. Um, but the big, the big TW2 Scran announcement uh, actually came from Melrose Sevens on Saturday in the Scottish Borders. Home of Rugby Sevens is Melrose at the Green Yards. Um, and I'm sorry to announce, it, it was a, spur, uh, a, a poor Scran check actually um, from Melrose Sevens. Just one Scotch pie. While it was a good Scotch pie, just the one pie from 10 o'clock through till half past eight. So it's our first poor scram check on the on the podcast. I'm sorry yeah. to report after. Absolutely disgusting. You normally have multiple pies yeah. as well, don't you? However, so. really good sevens rugby. Yeah. Uh, however, rugby was top tier. Great to see some really exciting sevens teams out and about. And congratulations to the Monaco Impies for winning the 1883 Cup and to the Lionesses for winning the women's tournament as well. Two outstanding sides. But we're done with Scran Check. We're going to dive straight into our interview with the legendary Hannah Bottoman. 
I suppose first question from us. I think there's really only one place we can start on this conversation. And so going back a couple of weeks to, to Kingston Park, have you fully recovered from your moment of, of TV oh, fame that you had terrible. on the BBC? It was terrible. I was ge- I was doing my genuine best to just not get in the back of the shot and the cameraman did me dirty. Just panned out <laughs> at the perfect time. And I just I had so, like so much... Can I swear on this? I know. Yeah, yeah, see what you want. I just had a lot of shit. I've had a lot of shit. In it. I had a lot of it. From it. <laughs> yeah. No, it was um. Yeah, stupid is what it was. I won't be doing that again. That's for sure. And I suppose sticking with Kingston Park and with that England game, what was it like for you to be at at that match at, at Sarah Hunter's big homecoming send off? What was that to like to to look on and and be a part of? Yeah, I think um, looking back on it now, it's probably a bit gutted that I didn't get to sort of selfishly share that moment with her. But um, I think for her, it was just everything that she probably wanted from in terms of her last game with it being, she, used to, she was telling me that she literally used to play on, on the back pitches that were, were at Kingston Park. So I think for her, it was a bit of a full circle and she thoroughly deserved every, every, every audit and every, every well done she got from, from that game because, um, yeah, I think it was it was really good, really really good for her. And I think for me to at least be there and witness it and be able to speak to her at full time and spend a bit of the night with her was um, yeah special. And you you said there that you were gutted not to be out on the pitch. How far away from you are you from from being back on a on a pitch again? Yeah, I'm, I'm back in training. Um, obviously, selection not come out yet. Um, I'm hoping that I'm available for selection this weekend. So. Um, fingers crossed, uh, might be back on the pitch this weekend, which will be very exciting. And I, I, just before we get into any too important rugby chat, I've got a. I've been looking up that apparently you're a bit of a golfer as well. Very bad, yeah, very bad. I did stay up last night and watch the end of it, but I'm I'm terrible at golf. Love it. Oh, so it. so no official handicap or anything. Just just go out there to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, not not quite. Yeah, I, I'm I've I've been really unlucky in terms of like every time I've gone to get into it, I've picked up an injury that just stops me from from being out there. So I think probably once I'm fit and healthy again, I'll probably try and um, yeah. get back out on the course and yeah. maybe get a handicap. But yeah. it's not going to be a low one, that's for sure. <laughs> what, is it, have you got many teammates who play along with you or is it just something you do with your family really? um, to be fair Hull does play Holly Aitchison does play but um, she's better than me which is really annoying <laughs> I, tend not, I tend not to bring her out bring her out with me too much um, I'm trying to think who else plays no not really no. not that uh, not that I play with anyway no. no 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 good stuff fantastic well I suppose taking it back to to the rugby stuff and into the England camp it, I suppose it must have been quite a different camp that you're a part of at the moment compared to at the World Cup. A lot of people out with with injuries, not available for selection and whatnot. So how is this squad and how is it to be a part of this squad compared to what it was like out in New Zealand? Yeah, I think obviously after after any World Cup, there's, there's usually quite a lot of change in a squad. Um, it's the first time that I've been a part of obviously post-World Cup, but I think it, it's relatively normal to have people retire, different injuries. And then obviously the coaches will have people that, that they're looking at for the next three years into that next World Cup. So naturally the, the squad evolves, I think, is, is that's pretty normal. Um, the girls that have come in um, have been fantastic. They've been 
really good, settled in really nicely, and and are, and are training really well. So I think it's 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 quite nice to have a bit of a change. I think um, and have some new faces in and and some new ideas. And yeah, it's it's a, obviously quite a different group from from the one that was out in New Zealand. But um, yeah, just, I think everyone everyone that's come in has, has done really well and um, it's sort of bought into the environment and, and the training and yeah it's, it's been really really good actually yeah and I guess kind of looking at the change again Sarah Hunt has gone as captain but you've got Marley in now who Sarah's teammate how's it been working alongside her as captain in, in the England squad yeah I mean she's a, she's a very different captain to Sunt in in terms of obviously Sunt has done it for for quite a while longer than Packer but um Packer's very much a lead by example sort of thing so um she she probably doesn't like doing the speeches and stuff so much. She just wants to get out on the pitch and and hit things. And but she's definitely someone that everyone wants to follow into battle and 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 everyone will go for to war with her. So um, yeah, she she's she's done well. I think she's probably we were speaking the other the other night and talking about sort of we didn't really re- she didn't realize sort of how much Sunter actually did. And and there's a lot of media commitments. Everyone wants a piece of you. So I think she's just getting ahead around that. But. So far, she's doing well, and she hasn't she hasn't thrown the towel in just yet. I guess what's her um, what's her style of leadership? It seems like on on the pitch, she's definitely a lead by example. But I guess is she, yeah. is she much of a talker really, or is she just growing into that role really? I think she's growing into that, and I think anyone that takes over that sort of role um, has to find find their own way of doing it. No one's going to be the same as Sansa, and no one will be the same as Packer. Um, yeah, I think she's um, she's she's. So probably still finding a way but the she's she's done an excellent job i haven't obviously been there on match day with her just yet but um i i am there with her at saris and and i know that she does a great job there so yeah she, she's definitely a lead by example and um she makes she makes you want to want to go want to go and work for each other um so yeah like she's she's different to santa but that doesn't mean that she's she's worse than Santa or or anything like that she's um she's a different type of captain and probably one that that I re- like recognize and um I'm trying to think of the word just so that, that's probably the, the the sort of person that I definitely follow follow into battle like I said so yeah she's 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 doing well she's just get I think she's still probably getting her head around it a little bit um because it's obviously a big job so yeah. yeah I wondered was it a bit I don't know, weird or disruptive in any way that it sort of happened after game one or, you know, was how aware were you of the squad, sort of the situation that was happening with Sarah and when she might be leaving and that sort of thing? Yeah, to be fair, so Sun's only really told us, uh, I think it was a week, week before that game. Um, mm. She'd obviously, I think, probably made a decision prior to that, but um, I think she was probably waiting for selection and all that sort of stuff to to come out before she told us and obviously let us all know the week before so it was it was quite a quick um quick changeover but i before the um before the tournament they announced that packer and her would be co-captains so um you sort of start clocking on then um sort of what's the what's the need for co-captains if if they're both going to be there so i think quite well quite a few of us clocked onto it then so i think we were we're all fairly aware that packer was going to be taken over that role I think yeah yeah I think just while we're on the theme of change obviously there's a lot of changes already happened with the squad and obviously your head coach Simon Middleton is, is moving on after yeah 
the Six Nations. How how has that been being under a coach where you know that is sort of going to come to the end? And is there a sense that he is sort of building something for the future for the next coach, or is yeah. it similar to the World Cup? Yeah, no, he's. The, I think all the coaches, even though um, Mids and and Scott are leaving at the end of end of the Six Nations, there's definitely a sense that they're they're not just building and they're not just here for to make up numbers sort of things and just get to the end of the Six Nations and, and sack it off. They're definitely, the players they're bringing in and, and, and the way that they're deciding to play is I think something that they're certainly looking towards that World Cup and, and in three years' time. So they're, they're definitely not, it, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of change in terms of um, on what we want our outcomes to be or or, or the growth growth mindset that we're in right now. That That's all very, very similar. And I guess we've got a really exciting game coming up at the end of the tournament and the Sugar Babes at halftime as well. What's your... Yeah, Sugar Babes. Yeah. I know, it'll be brilliant. We're really looking forward to it. What are your guys' kind of thoughts, firstly, about playing in this standalone and secondly, about the Sugar Babes? I said, when I found out it's the Sugar Babes, I said there's probably going to be a load of 40-year-old men and women there now that know nothing about rugby. Because apparently it's the original Sugar Babes. I don't... Apparently they've chopped and changed a few times, but it's the original three, so that's pretty big, I think. Um, apparently, but no, I think it's great that I think that's definitely something that the RFU and I think O2 have been heavily influenced in that in terms of promoting promoting it a, a bit more and and getting to, like the Sugar Babes. Although I laugh about it, are, are, are like they they're big time to be fair. So getting them um, down to play at halftime, even if it just grows the demographic of of who we're getting there and and who comes. Um, it's fantastic. So yeah, I think the the standalone at Twickenham, I think we've already exceeded what we thought we were gonna what we thought we were gonna get. Uh, the world record's already broken. I think we sold over forty three thousand. I think hopefully as the tournament builds and um, we sort of get into that final stages, hopefully we can start selling a bit more and get to the fifty mark. And yeah, I think it is. I think it's just gonna be a really special day and one that obviously. I think everyone here wants to definitely be a part of, um, and yeah, I think it's just going to be really exciting. And if you could have anyone as your halftime performance, any favourite artist you'd pick? I, do you know what? I'm I'm desperate to meet Adele, so I'd probably have Adele. But I don't, I just, I don't know if that is the type of halftime show that that would get sort of everyone going. They might be all a bit sad by the end of it, but yeah, <laughs> I definitely have Adele. Just, just selfishly to meet her. Yeah, well, I think if they've been watching, uh, yeah, it depends, I suppose, how good the first half performance is. Uh, I think if it's anything <laughs> like the Red Roses that we've seen so far, then it should be should be all right. A bit of rolling in the deep, that'll be all right, I reckon. Yeah, that'll be um, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I suppose just on the theme of Twickenham, obviously this year's Six Nations, England have got one game at Twickenham at the end of the whole thing. How far away do you think we are from seeing the Red Roses playing at at HQ for all two or three of their home games? Do you think we'll see that come the World Cup here? Yeah, I think probably. Um, obviously, it, it, cost, it costs money to, to open up HQ, and it's it's a balancing act of can we get enough people there to to warrant it? Um, I don't know the figures of. of how many people we need to get down for a game for it to to make profit or make money? Because obviously, at the end of the day, it's it's a business. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's far off. I think if we're selling fifty thousand for a 
obviously it's the end of the tournament. It's a big clash, and a lot's been put into it. I think we probably are a year or two off, but I don't. I don't. I think come that World Cup, probably post that World Cup, I think that's when we'll start to see um, continuous crowds of, of sort of forty five, fifty thousand come in to, to to all the home games, sort of thing. Um, but for now, I think it's just about taking it. We're still sort of expanding and. I enjoy the fact that we go around the country and, and and different people get to see get to see us. I think now it's about potentially not going to places like Kingston Park that only has eleven thousand. Probably going to somewhere that has fifteen to twenty thousand. I think is somewhere that um, is best suited for us in terms of selling tickets and um, and it and it feeling sort of. Uh, like a like a bigger crowd sort of thing, um, but then you obviously don't want to you don't want to go to a twenty five thirty thousand seater and only get fifteen in and it feels empty. So it's, it is that balancing act. But I think we get into a stage now where we can comfortably fill twenty twenty five thousand. And um, like I said, I do like the fact that we take it around because um, I feel like a lot of the time when one person or when someone watches um, a game, then I think they're much more likely to to come back down and, and, and watch. So, yeah, I think we're cu- probably a couple of years off it. I, like, I don't know whether the, the plan is to have, because I think next year we'd only have two at home. I don't know whether the plan would be to have those two at Twickenham. I, I don't know what the RFU's plans are. But, um, yeah, obviously we'd all like to, to play at Twickenham consistently, but it has to be a smart decision whether we do that or not. I suppose the, the crowds and everything are heading in, in the right direction. Um, what sort of impact have you seen that the the World Cup, the recent World Cup in New Zealand has had on, I suppose, interest, but also attendances and just general growth. Yeah. Of the game. Well, yeah, I think just generally, I think you look at, we played a, I think probably when I, in that year that I got my first cap, so probably five years ago, five, six years ago now, mm-hmm. I remember going into Twitter and we were playing a double header. Um, and when we first walked out, obviously it was full because the men had just finished. And come our kickoff, there was probably about ten thousand people left. So the fact that we're getting fifty thousand people in now, five years later, even even like a couple of years ago, we weren't um, we were getting nowhere near the the TV viewing figures, the attendances. So I think if you look if you look at the figures and you look at the stats and and all that sort of stuff, there is a there's a severe trend of that it's going up um and i think obviously the world cup even though we didn't win it um yeah i think you just i think the women's euros as well the the football really really helped out women's sport in general and i think we're i think as a team hoping to have that same impact that they had for the euros come that world cup in three years time i think that that's going to be really important for us to um to get everyone behind us and, and grow and grow the game come come that three years time. Yeah, not only is the the game evolving itself, but I mean England as a team seems to be evolving a lot in the Six Nations and especially from the World Cup. I mean against Italy we saw a very different way of playing a lot of tries out wide rather than down in the forwards. I guess I want to ask you if we had a bit of a joke after with a couple of the players about if there's a bit competitive about who scores more tries. But uh, <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's nice to see England playing a more expansive game, something a bit different. Yeah. What are your views really on, on the way that England is going? Yeah, I think that that, that is what what we've been saying, that, that the coaches have wanted to see more. I think, obviously, having 
uh, change in personnel at 10 has probably influenced that a bit. Um, I think after the World Cup, we probably realised that the way we played the game probably wasn't the most effective or it wasn't necessarily that that was the only way we could play. It was just the way that we, the the game planned and, and the way that was effective for us and had been for so long. Um, I think if that didn't work, we didn't really have a plan B and we didn't, we didn't really know how to how to play that sort of expansive rugby or, or have the, the ball, so to speak, to do it. So I think that's a one big change. And I think having lots of new people come in and um, having that expansive sort of, we're just, we, we can we can do everything, I think. And we're not afraid to play out of our own 22. We're not afraid to to put little nudges in and behind. I think it's, it's, it's much more exciting from... From sort of a forwards point of view, we're not we're not doing so much kick chasing anymore, which is which is not what I'm built for. <laughs> I'm definitely not built to just run after a ball. I've got to hit something at some point. So, yeah, I think it's um, it's definitely evolved. I think um, a, a change in ten has probably, like I said, had a little bit of an influence over that. Um, that's not to say that that Zoe can't play that game. Just I think um, her her biggest impact is is through the boot for Zoe so um I think probably having that force of force of hand to, to change that as well as has probably had a big influence on it um but yeah I bet the the wingers are probably scrapping one of the tries Jess definitely pinched off Claudia when she jumped five foot in the air to catch that ball over the top so that's funny mm-hmm. um but yeah I think it's it, it's it's healthy competition I think we've got the best back three in the world I, I don't have have any doubt about that they're they're and I, and we've had that for two three years now and we've we've not really um we've not really explored it and we've we've not really given them the ball to to do anything with so um i think we're just seeing seeing the players that we've had for the last couple of years probably just now getting their hands on the ball a bit more and 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 doing what they like to do the most which is score tries and, and run so yeah, I think it's. I mean, it's definitely going in a direction that I personally really like. It means we play a bit more. We the forwards definitely carry a carry. Even though we're not scoring more tries, we're definitely carrying more than we probably would do, and um, and probably in a bit more wide spaces. I mean, we saw Sarah Byrne doing stupid things at, at the weekend. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I, it's it's really exciting, and I think it's an exciting brand of rugby for people to watch as well. Um, so that that might probably bring in some more people as well, which which is which is good to hear. All right, just very quickly on try scoring, and obviously when I get as you've mentioned, we're getting more tries from from different players because you're currently injured and technically not playing. Are you allowed to participate in fantasy rugby, or are you not? Are you not involved <laughs> with that? And no, if you we're are, not, we're not allowed at all. We're not allowed at all. We're not, we're not allowed at all. And I'm, I'm pretty sure I can get I can get heavily fined and banned from rugby if I do. So, um, yes, I'm definitely not allowed to do that. I think it's classed as a form of betting or something like that. Wow. Um, yeah. And obviously, we're not allowed to we're not allowed to bet on any rugby. So, um, mm. so yes, my answer to that is no. Um, I'd like to keep my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Well, that that then answers the question of well, you haven't got the same dilemmas <laughs> that we have of which England players to pick based yeah, on who's which, going to score which, the tries. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, obviously, speaking of some some England players who've been doing rather well in in our fantasy teams. Um. 
and obviously you mentioned Holly there and that change at 10 obviously you know pretty damn well how how is she taking this this change is she enjoying it is um I mean I mean you you tell me <laughs> yeah I think um during, over the World Cup I think there was there was talks about potentially moving her there anyway and they wanted to have a look at her there anyway so I think even if Zoe and Hell were fit right now I think she'd still be getting a run in um I don't I she's it, it's difficult for me because I don't just want to blow smoke up her ass because she's my girlfriend but I do think for me personally she's one of the most talented players I've ever seen um and I think if you ask most people that question they, they'd say the same and um the way she moves the ball her, her thought process behind everything her vision is just ridiculous and I think um she's obviously she played sevens for so long did very well over there and I think um, she obviously had that stint at 13 when Skaz was injured and she can essentially play anywhere in, in the back line. You probably wouldn't put on the wing, but she can play <laughs> in the back line. So I think, but for her, I think she really enjoys 10. She really enjoys having that influence on the game and um, and being able to make other people look good. Um, and yeah, she does it with such ease and just takes it in her stride. I think people forget that she's got, I think it's less than 10 caps for England. I feel like people think that she's been around for ages and to come in, take the reins and do as well as she has done over the first two games, whether that's against a, a Scotland and an Italy, um, I think is, is something very special. And I, I don't think many, many players could step up into that role and, and do as well as she has done. And, um, and she's definitely still trying to evolve her game in terms of, in terms of that kicking. I think we, we saw it the weekend against Italy. I think she's, she's, she's not got a short boot. She can, she can definitely, she can definitely mm. hit it. I think it's just more that consistency for her. Um, but yeah, I think she she stepped up and she's done such a good job. Um, and like I said, I think the back three the back three love having her because she gives them the ball a lot. So yeah, um, she's she's managing to keep everyone happy at the moment. Yeah. So um, she's yeah she's doing all right. And I guess it must be so special for you guys being involved in salaries in England and sharing this journey together. What's that like to kind of sum up how how it is playing alongside her and being involved in camps and stuff? Yeah, I think it, it it's just it's it it is one of the the special things that I think probably oh, well, I definitely take it for granted and um yeah it's just it's it's obviously nice being around I think a lot of these girls obviously they're not with their partners for weeks on end so that's obviously a bonus that we tend to just follow each other around into camp so um we we get to see each other every day which is nice but I think just doing it in general together and um. We obviously won the Prem last year together and that, that was really special and, and we've won a Six Nations now together. So I think it's um it's just special and, and we both understand sort of what goes into into this and what goes into to being a professional rugby player and um and yeah, it's nice to have that understanding and have someone that to share it with and I think it's um it's something that's special and not many people get to do. So um yes, very grateful for it. And then kind of a bit more on to you being in camp as an injured player, obviously hopefully playing again soon, but what's it kind of been like still being involved, but kind of on the fringes a bit? Is it is it a motivator to wanting to get going and get get back on the pitch? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely motivating, isn't it? I think being here, but not being quite here, if that makes sense. Um, it's tough, can be a bit mentally tough, but I think the fact that you have sort of that end goal and you have, um, I know that I'm here to hopefully eventually play. Um, obviously just pushes you on and, and being around the girls and, and just staying involved in everything and, and like sort of 
being around um, and understanding sort of as a team what we want to do each week, um, line out, scrums, all that sort of stuff. Staying, staying involved in that means that when players do eventually come back in, there's not that big disconnect of, of being out of camp for however long and then just being thrusted back into it. So um, it's really helpful. It's been great for me. Um, I did it last year as well for the Six Nations um, last year and and did the same thing and um, yeah, it's been been really good and I think most most of the injured players would would agree. There's one important, really crucial question we've got to ask you. There's something yeah. we've we, we've done uh, we do when we go to a couple of the grounds is a scrum check. Uh, who's got the best food for the press? Yeah. Obviously, you guys have changed camps here in 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 Bisham now. I just want to scrum check on on some of the best places you've had in camp. Yeah. So, so we're staying at the village, but we're we're training at Bisham. Mm-hmm. Bisham, hands down, has the the best food that we've had. Um, but hands down, the food here, I don't know whether I can say it's not great, but it's not great. Mm. Um, it can be it can be really good it can be can be not so good but Bisham consistently is very tasty um, and a scram check is something I can definitely get behind most certainly um, Newcastle had a Greek um, a little Greek station that was nice that mm. was really good um, yeah the the food at Bisham is uh, it used to be really bad and then they had a whole refurb um and now it's delicious. So yeah, no complaints about about the food. It's all very good. I must say, when we head to Sarri's and we get some very nice pies at Saracens. Um, yeah, they do, do a good pie there, don't they? Fergus is, in, is has about four or five every time we go there. So I, I don't I don't blame you. They've started <laughs> yeah. bringing out a little sourdough pizza van as well, which looks mm. quite nice. We we don't get that in the uh, in the media room. So if you can have a word with with Harry, we'd uh, we'd really appreciate <laughs> oh. that. <laughs> um, I suppose just speaking of 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 Saris and their their top scram that they they put together um, on the Prem 15s this yeah. season. Obviously, it's one that you've not been a part of. Or you haven't had the the game time yet. Looking on, what's been your your assessment of this Saracen side so far? I think obviously it was um, we we had injuries. We obviously the start of the season wasn't great for us. Um, because we the internationals didn't come back in we lost the first couple had a tough game against Quinns lost that as well um, but then the highs of it is we go away to Gloucester who's unbeaten and, and, and we beat them so um, yeah I mean it's obviously not the best um, best position we've been in um, but yeah we've got a couple of big games after post Six Nations so we've just got to get stuck into them hopefully we have a, a full squad squad strength um, and yeah, just we just got to hopefully get some consistency going into that sort of semi semi final that we're we're hoping mm. to pick up. Um, I, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know who it's going to be against yet, or or if we're even going to make it. So we've we've just got to we've got to keep pushing. Hopefully, do one over on Exeter and Bristol in in our post Six Nations. Um, and yeah, see see what happens. I suppose just on that that final. It was announced that Gloss, well, not Gloucester's home ground, but well, in Gloucester is going to be Glo- it's Gloucester's home. Yeah, yeah it's Gloucester's home ground. Yeah. What would what did, what was your reaction uh, and the Saracens' reaction to to that? Yeah, I can't I can't attest for anyone else, but I didn't really understand it in terms of 
it's not a very neutral location, bearing in mind they're top of the league at the moment. But um, yeah, I don't want to say it too much, so I'll get in trouble. But um, but yeah, I do think that there probably needs to be like we've had obviously what is it four finals now. I think the Stoops are great a great place to have games at, especially finals in terms of where it is, what it what it gives. And we've we've never we've never seemed to have had one there. And Quinns were were doing all right for a while. So I I, I don't know what why it's changed. I don't. It was all, I think it was picked at the start of the season. Is is all I can think. And um, yeah, it's obviously it, it is a good venue. It's just there is there's going to be clear and a, clearly an unfair advantage if if Gloucester do make it to that final. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it's whoever plays better on the day. So um, can't make any excuses now, can we? So. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Brilliant. Well, <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much for your time, and um, best of luck with the rest of with the rest of the recovery and everything that's that's coming up. And thank you very much. Huge thanks to Hannah Bottomman for joining us from inside the Red Roses camp as they make their preparations for travelling to Wales this weekend. And that's it for today's episode. Uh, obviously not in the TW2. We are continuing our Six Nations coverage tomorrow when we are joined by the wonderful voice of rugby, Mr Nick Heath. But for now, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time in the TW2. Yeah.